It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Podcast presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino and Elliot Shore Parks. There's like reason to be excited about this football team again. And it is, I will tell you, Elliot, something I did not expect to see this season where I was actually, I don't know, like maybe even looking forward to watching the Eagles play a football game. What a crazy thought, Elliot. I, I am borderline stunned you didn't start this pod by asking how I was doing emotionally after the snow. <laughs> just border, just, just border, borderline stunned. Well, we, I mean, because just, I know that you've made this very clear. Rain, terrified, snow, you're good with. So yes, I thought yes. you'd be okay. I just assumed you were fine. There was some sleet, some like freezing type <laughs> rain for a little bit. But uh, I was happy with how much snow we got. I mean, we were texting about it. I'm out in Westchester. You're, you're in Philly. But... I, I was very happy with the snow amount, like not too much where it's like a huge inconvenience, but enough that it's definitely fun to look outside and like, you know, take the dog for a walk in it and all yeah, that. Said, said by someone who doesn't have to drive out of his house today. Yes. Yes, that's true. That is a good point, actually. <laughs> my morning, this is, yeah. my morning if I was house, a disaster. My Zoe's daycare opened an hour and a half late. That was terrific. So I was late to work. My car was like literally frozen with ice. I had to bring out... A hot, like the, we use a a water thing to like make a coffee press type of thing. We have like a water boiler. I had to bring out like a a pitcher of boiling water just to clean off my windshield because there was a sheet of ice on my windshield. That feels risky though. Like I thought I saw that people said that could crack the windshield. I guess you've never had that. I've never had, yeah, I didn't didn't know what else to do. I was running so late. And by the time I cleaned out my car, it was anyway. Well, it, it could the, have been the thing worse, that I, I guess. am the worst at is having stuff in my car to clean off my windshield with. I've like I've used a, a not like a hot water bottle, just like a random water bottle in my car. I have used a hanger, like if I like have like a hanger in the back that I'm hanging like my jacket on or whatever. I've used that. Like I am very very bad at it. Here's a snow etiquette oh, question. I just, I have it, for it's you. so funny because we're exactly the same. Like I was using a uh, like almost like a slicer from my like a meat yeah. slicer type thing from my kitchen. I. For some reason, never have that tool when I need it, ever. But what's weird is I feel like I always see the tool in my car until I need it, at which point <laughs> I cannot find it. That's perfect. So here's my snow etiquette question. Yes. So I live in, in row homes, and I'm friendly with both of the next-door neighbors. So we both, all of us have dogs. I bought, like, special salt for where if you pour it down, it's, like, good for the dog's feet because I guess in general, like, the salt they use is not great for dog's feet. So – is it like intrusive of me to spray the salt on both of my next door neighbors without asking like in front of their house? Or is that considered like a good gesture move? Uh, so it's very funny you ask that because my neighbor Thomas, who is a, a great neighbor, Thomas and Beverly, they're awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, Thomas is always the guy who like shovels everyone's 
like in front of their house. Like always. He always beats me to it. So yesterday I went out at like six o'clock. I was like, I am shoveling the front of Thomas's house. Like he is not beating me to this nice. again. And I did it and it was awesome. And he came out towards the end. He's like, oh my God, thank you so much. And he's like, here, I got you. And he came out and he just started salting everything. He salted my front, his front, all that. And I was super appreciative of it. I was like, Thomas, thank you, sir. That is outstanding. So I think it is a nice gesture. Who doesn't want a little extra salt, a little extra footing, especially one that's good for dogs? I think it's a great gesture. So then the follow-up question is, so last night I went out and shoveled as well to get like the first you know, bit of it gone so it wouldn't be as much in the morning. So I go out this morning and I shovel the rest of uh, all the new so, uh, snow away. Is it rude for me to not shovel my neighbors? Like, if they can see that I have shoveled, is it rude for me then to have not done my neighbors? No. So I don't think it's rude. I think it is nice to do it, but I don't think it's rude not to. You know what I mean? Like, like, okay. and I, I wouldn't have ever, it's actually because of Thomas doing it for me that I thought, oh, I'm going to do it for Thomas. So I wouldn't have even right. initially thought of it. So I, I think it's not something you have to do, not something that's rude not to, but it's certainly something that is an incredibly nice thing to do. And if you did do it, then I would hope that in the future, your neighbor would reciprocate like I did for Thomas. You know what I mean? Right. I, I feel like it sets up a thing now where it's like, you kind of all it, look out time... for each other, I think is what it is. Yes. It's like, if I do it for them, then maybe next time they beat me to it. And even if they don't down the road, like this is going to pay off somehow. So I, I think it's a nice gesture and I don't think there's any downside. Like well, worst case, you do a little extra. <laughs> I just felt like it was kind of intrusive. For I, me get to it, I get it. I get it. For future reference, I think everyone appreciates when you don't have to shovel extra. So True. Good point. All, All right. right. Well, regardless, I was happy with the snow. Uh, I did look up last night. How many inches of snow does it take to collapse a roof? So I was, you know, oh, still a little worried. You were too much. But it, it ends up that it's like four and a half feet of snow. And we only got, you know, like five or six <laughs> yeah, inches. So, so you, you were just so under we're the wire. Safe. Just under the yeah, wire. We All right. Let's talk some eagles. <laughs> How about that? Might as well. I mean, they're exciting now. They so, are. You know, and we, well. I love that we spend five minutes talking snow. It's a beautiful thing. Um, in all seriousness, though, like I do, there's a lot to get to. And I have a lot I want to say. I, I want to start out with, let's start with Hurts and Wentz. And we'll get to Doug. And we'll get to what Dan Orlovsky had to say about Wentz. And there's a lot going on. And eventually we'll get to the injuries on the team. And we're going to preview Eagles Cardinals. There's so much to get to. But I just want to start with the Hurts Wentz stuff. Because it has felt like, and to your point, um, it has felt like there's like a divide in this fan base now. And I know that we've been seeing it play out over the season and stuff, but it, it almost feels like certain people are rooting against Jalen Hurts and certain people are, are Carson Wentz fans more than Eagles fans and vice versa. And it's driving me crazy, Elliot. It's driving me crazy because mm-hmm. we are Eagles fans. Like, the best possible thing that can happen for this team right now is Jalen Hurts is awesome. Like, that's the best. He's here. Like, I hate the draft pick as much as anybody. And even if he turns out to be awesome, I will always hate the draft pick and what it meant, the process to, to take him, what it symbolizes, all of it. I hate it. But at the same time, like, he is here now. He is an eagle. And hey, guess what? Like, I know it's just one game. If I have to hear it's one game one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. I know it was one game, but you know what? That dude, in his first NFL start against arguably the best defense in the NFL, went out there and looked like an NFL player. He looked like a veteran. He had poise and moxie and toughness, and he looked like a leader. And, Elliot, you know that I have I – have, this has been on my corner – one of my corners for a long time – is that success at the quarterback position has as much more, let's say it has more to do with what's happening above the shoulders yep. than below. And Jalen Hurts looks like a kind of guy who the above the shoulder stuff is there. Like quick decisions, decisive, looks like a leader. All you hear about the locker room is how this kid just carries himself a certain way. And it makes sense when you look at his history, when you look at the fact that he was benched at Alabama, still came in the SEC championship game to step in and win a game off the bench. Goes to Oklahoma, does what he did. This guy has been through more tumult and had to deal with more stuff as a leader and as a quarterback than most kids ever do before they get to the NFL. This kid, there's something special about him. And I don't know if he's going to turn into the, the quarterback we want him to be or hope he can be. But if nothing else, like just because it was one start, just because you love Carson Wentz, just because you don't want to be wrong about Carson Wentz, whatever, is not a reason to not support this guy and root for this guy and hope that he does well. I had to get that off my chest, Elliot, because I well, just I just of- feel like it's a, it's a tough right now as a fan base we are we are torn apart, man. And like I I think we need to get behind this kid and also appreciate what he's doing. 
Yeah. Well, first of all, you know I love post-show James because you have all your takes from the show just riled up Fired and you're up, ready Elliot. to go. Fired coming up off the show. This has but actually I, been I days. That... I, I, I've, I've, I've been sitting on this. It's been, it's been percolating, Elliot. Well, and also I have some one stuff too night. coming. By the way, I have some one stuff coming too. Some, some nice. Thoughts. Well, you text me last night with a potential tweet you were working on, so I knew this was coming. But here, here's what I would say. I think that, and you said a lot there. I'll take it one by one. The first thing is, I, I do think there's a divide, and I think it's mostly like the people that want Carson to succeed are the people that want to feel correct all year about saying Carson was not the main problem. Like, you, you see people that'll, you know, even after this game say, well, Doug called a different game, the defense played better, all that stuff. And yes, that stuff is true, but what, what, what the most thing that was true was Carson was removed and Jalen Hurts went in and the team became better. But I also think, to your point about it, it being one game, the, the best way people can phrase that is, yes, it's one game, but it's only one game like he's literally only played one game this isn't you know two years of failure and then he has one really impressive game and you say okay like this could be the guy so I think the fact that it was one game of course it matters and I don't think anybody is saying look look commit to Jalen for the future and that's it and and I also think that you know having covered the Eagles as long as I have I haven't seen a lot of like beginning and ends of people's career that matter in Philly. Like, you know, I've seen people come for a year, but players that like truly matter, like the beginning and the end, right? And I think that a lot of the Jalen Hurts thing, how I'll view him will be impacted by what happened with Carson. Because I think Jalen looked really good in his first game. I think without question, you give him an A for his first start. But I also think that like with Jalen, I'll be a little more guarded in how quickly I'm ready to say, I mean, when, after Carson's first three games, we were saying, this is the guy for the next 15 years. In retrospect, think of how absurd it is to say that someone's going to be for 15 years, right? I mean, Jalen can be amazing, like Carson was, and then he can tear his ACL, and it's all gone. Totally. Right? Like, or or right? not even that. Like, Look at Lamar Jackson last year, and I know they're different players, but like the idea that someone can be transcendent for a year, and, right. and that that style of play or whatever just won't last forever. And maybe Lamar gets back to what he was last year, but there's also a really good chance that last year's MVP Lamar Jackson is the best version of Lamar Jackson we ever see. Like, that is on the table. Yeah, and look, I mean, Lamar was so unreal last year, it's almost unrealistic to expect him to do that every single year. But I think with Jalen, like, all those things you said about him, like, being a leader and the moxie and how he stepped up and he did all those things— all that was true about Carson at the beginning of his career, too. You know, like, I bet if we went back and we listened to our reactions to after that Cleveland game, that we would hear a lot of the same things. Now, we know what happened with Carson. He got hurt. Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. He got hurt again. Like, year five is going to end without Carson winning a playoff game. None of us saw that coming after those first three games of 2016. So I can't sit here and say, I know for sure Jalen Hurts is the guy. But I do think what I can say is, Jalen has shown me he he could potentially be the guy. And I don't really think there's much of a question in my mind that Jalen is the better option moving forward because of all that he brings to the table. But mostly, honestly, the main reasons I think Jalen's the best option moving forward is because he's young, he hasn't been injured, and he's cheap. And then you just see what happens. Like, he has a lot of things you like about him on the field as well, like his ability to run. The fact that, you know, I always say big-time players make big-time plays in big-time moments, and, like, that's why I like Justin Jefferson so much. But, like, Jalen stepping up and beating the Saints in that spot says a lot about who he is, you know? So I am I am confident in Jalen moving forward. I don't know if he can be the guy for 2021, 2022. Like, I have no idea. I thought Carson was going to be the guy for 10 years, and he didn't even make it out, you know, another three. So I seriously have no idea what Jalen's going to be. But when you're projecting forward – I think that Jalen has a lot more things in his corner that would make you confident that he could be the guy than, than Carson does. And watching people this week try to like explain away that he looked good, like you don't have to. Like we all saw he looked good. And that's not a knock on Carson. It's just the reality that we saw Jalen looked good. Yeah, exa exactly. And look, I'll even say back when, and I remember doing a podcast right after that Cleveland game. I remember it vividly. And, and the main takeaway was this guy belongs. Like, whatever else, mm -hmm. we don't know. There's a long way to go with Carson Wentz, but, like, that guy's an NFL quarterback. Like, that guy, ha like you said, Elliot, you could watch that first game against the Browns and be like, oh, this guy's got a shot to be something special. Like, he's not yet, yep. but, like, there's something there. His first and, drive, look, I, I think it proved true. I, I think that in 2017 we saw that. Like, he, we that was realized. And, and the 
unbelievable series of events that led to where we are 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 irreplicable, irreplicable and and uh, nothing I've ever seen. Like between the injuries, the Nick Foles, the Hurts pick, like so, I don't. Yeah, it, there's nothing that's never happened. Like the way this all the played out, storm. the perfect storm. So I, I do think that in a way you can look at a guy in his first start and say like. At least, all right, there's a base level here. You know, there's something where, you know, if nothing else, that guy belongs on an NFL field at that position. And, and again, so much to go so long from now. And, and, and I think the biggest thing you point out, certainly the, the style hurts plays, you worry about him getting hurt and that changing his career forever. Well, but what's interesting is he ran the ball 18 times against the Saints, and I didn't think he took well, one Well, that, that's where I was about to go. I, I, the biggest hit he took was from the pocket, the throw to Alshon. But, yeah, uh, yeah no question. And that's going to happen as an NFL quarterback. But I do think that, that you know, and we've heard the Russell Wilson's comparisons and all that, and we're years away from ever even – thinking that he could be that or will be that. But in that one way, like you pointed out, he does seem to, and again, we're a long way away and it's one start, but he does seem to have an ability to protect his body in the way Russell Wilson does. When he's out yeah, on the road. Yeah, or like Darren Sproles did, right? I mean, everyone said, you know, Darren Sproles, Sproles is so small that he won't last that long. But like some guys are just good at not getting hurt. And I think what Jalen Hurts does a nice job of from you know rewatching the game is he's really good with angles. Like the way he kind of is able to maneuver his body like to the corner, but then also like, get hit in a way where he doesn't really take a big hit. Whereas Carson invites contact. At least I, I, and I, you know, that was something we talked about after 2017. And I never really hated that about his game. But after watching Jalen Hurts, you can really see the difference. Like even this year, there's times where Carson runs up the middle of the field and he's like going into the guy, like falling forward, you know, like that type of thing. So I, I do think that Jalen, even though he runs the ball more, is in a weird way less likely to get hurt because he's also very decisive in the pocket. Like he gets out of the pocket. Like he, and like you said, the biggest hit he did take was in the pocket, but we've seen Carson get sacked like five, six times and hit, you know, four or five times more this year. And I think that because of how good Jalen hurts is in the pocket, Carson, you know, it, it, Carson gets hit more than Jalen does, even though he runs it more. All right, let's talk Carson. We'll get back to Hurts again, obviously, as we preview the Cardinals game looking at. But I think pretty clear where we both stand on Hurts right now. You know, we know it's one game, but but we're encouraged, and there is there is a, a, a lot of potential. No reason not to be. A reason, a reason to believe, and who knows where it goes? Yes. But there's a reason to believe. Wentz. Um, all right. So, and I think you hit on something really important in talking about Wentz earlier when you brought up the idea of not wanting to be wrong, and. It is what it is. That's a factor for a lot of people. Like, a lot of people, and I don't think it's necessarily a, I don't want to be wrong. It's a, it's a inherent belief in your soul where we saw what Carson Wentz was, and we saw what he can be, the heights that he can reach. And to move away from that, to, to where he was and where he got is hard. Like, from a, as a fan, as someone who thought you were going to see 10 to 15 years of Carson Wentz being a star in Philadelphia, like, it's hard to let go of that. You know, it's a, it's a hard thing as a human being. It's hard to let go of any beliefs that we have or any yeah. you know, strong, long-held, uh, fervent beliefs. It's hard to let go of those. And I, I do think that that is something that is playing a role here when what's in front of us is, is telling us the story. And... I have to uh, personally, I, I, like I, I feel like it was a revelation for me this week as we continue to talk about why Hertz was so good and Doug's offense and the one stuff, and it's something that we've heard a lot. And look, Joe Santaliquido, I mean, every day that guy's article looks more and more prescient and looks a lot less crazy and a lot less deserving of what he got. But I do think that there is something to the more I think about it, the more I let it percolate in my brain, the more I start to sit back and and I will say, and I still believe it, and I've said it, I do think Carson Wentz is fixable. I think that the right coach, the right situation, the right whatever, I do think that, that he can be an, a good NFL quarterback again. But I'm starting to buy in to some of the reasons why the offense was struggling pertaining to Wentz's stubbornness, pertaining to him wanting to run the offense his way. We've heard so much of that stuff now, and and then you watch Jalen Hurts in the offense, and and you made the point, like, is it, and I, look, the offense look completely different, and there are a ton of factors for that. It's what you can do. With well, and it's first. naturally going to be. With right, of course, running, that's the know, point. But right. I, I do think that there's something to the idea that Carson didn't want to run Doug's offense the way Doug wanted him to, and that that has causing issues with the offense. Like, that, you know, if Wentz ran it the way Doug wanted to run it, I'm starting to think that there's more on Wentz, and we can't prove any of this, and this is all conjecture and all that, but... It just feels like, with everything we've heard and what we continue to hear, that 
you know, there is a stubbornness to Carson Wentz. And, and I, I think it's, it's validated or, or supported by the fact that in every single press conference, every single game, this guy goes out and says, I'm going to keep being me. I'm going to keep doing what I do. And it's like, no, no, Carson. <laughs> like, no, you need to not do those things. You need to throw the ball away. You need to stop taking sacks. You need to blah, 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 blah. Like, hit open receivers when they're open. All these things. So... I'm starting to come around, like Elliot. Uh, and again, this is conjecture. We don't know, but this is uh, a mea culpa on my point that the more I think about it, the more I put these pieces together, and, and we're big on admitting when you're wrong. Like, be willing yes. to admit when well, you're wrong. Yes. And I I'm can't certainly prove it. Too, yeah, yeah, I can't prove it, but I'm starting to really come around to the belief that, you know, to, for lack of a better phrase, that Carson Wentz was absolutely the biggest problem with this offense all year. And I know we fought about it a lot, but. I just don't know how you can look at this whole situation and, and look at Doug and look at Carson and look at how the offense worked without Carson and all that and, and not come to the conclusion that at least a, a big portion of this is on Carson and his unwillingness to, to play football the way it needs to be played for it to work here with this group. Yeah, I, look, I agree with all that, right? I mean, I, I thought all year Carson was the biggest problem, but to take that a step further, you know, to make it more of a Doug Peterson thing, I would say that, especially, I've always kind of been here, but I think I'm like definitely 100% cemented. I would not fire Doug Peterson if I were the Eagles. I would not do it. I would keep Doug Peterson. Honestly, I would maybe even keep, keep the exact same coaching staff. I do think like we talk so much about continuity. I think there would be a benefit to, if you're going to keep Doug, just give him the same staff at least and just like let them work again. If you want to tell me you want to let Doug hire his own guys, I'm okay with that. But what I wouldn't what I wouldn't do is like fire the guys around him. And to, to your point about Carson, that's why I'm so confident in Doug. Like I believe Doug is a very good head coach. I believe when you give Doug a competent quarterback, they will be a very good offense. They should have 27 points on Sunday if Jake Elliott miss, makes 22 yard field goal. Like they can score points with Doug as the head coach. And I you know there's been so much talk all year about should they you know fire Howie? Will they, will they fire Doug? Should they fire Doug? What do they do with Carson? I am cemented in my stance now. I would not fire Doug Peterson. And I personally believe fi firing Doug Peterson would, would be a mistake. And J uh, Jason Kelsey talked this week about why. And I thought his points were, were really good. And I get the players are always going to stand up. Well, unless they're Chip Kelly. But like I get the players will stand up for their coach. But I thought the way he stood up for Doug was extremely noteworthy and important. He said, you know, would you want a head coach that's a genius? Of course. Would you want a head coach that does this, that? Of course. But what you, what you really want as a head coach is someone that guys feel empowered underneath, motivates them, and like creates a good culture. And Jason said Doug is elite at that. Now, Jason's played for Andy Reid. He's played for Chip Kelly. He's played for Doug. He's had like a good spectrum of guys, right? And if Jason Kelsey tells me he thinks Doug Peterson is a great head coach, that's good enough for me. But then also my eyes tell me is as well. So I, I, we'll see what happens over these last three games. I don't know if Doug is truly on the hot seat as much as people say, but I would definitely not fire Doug Peterson. So, yeah, I am uh, I am moving that way too. I've obviously been more critical of Doug this year than you have, but yeah. everything I just said, like I think if nothing else, that, that Doug deserves another shot for one more year with that in mind, with a new quarterback, with the opportunity. I still maintain a lot of the criticisms I've said about Doug. I do think that he could have been more creative with Carson. Now, again, I think that to this point, I don't really know whether that was – maybe he tried and Carson didn't want to do stuff well, or whatever. So I don't know. Really so that, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so, like, did, does the fact that he was, I thought, creative with Jalen Hurts make you think that, like, he can – because one thing we yeah, both said I, I, is I when – I, I, Yeah, I think it was certainly, um, you know, it emboldens that belief. And I, I also, again, back to my point, I don't even know if we can say that. Like, I don't know if it was Carson or Doug. I think we have to say we don't know that Carson was willing to run the offense that Doug wanted him to run and the changes at the line and all that type of stuff. So I, I do think, Doug, you know, there are gray areas there. I think the areas where you can really criticize Doug are the slow starts. You know, every year yes, this has I been a, a, yep. a multiple-year thing. Um, you know, at times, like we've talked about them just looking unprepared to play, undisciplined, the penalties, the fault. We still saw that against New Orleans. I think there are ways and areas where you can criticize Doug. But I agree with your general premise that that I do think that firing Doug after this season and the shit show that it was and the, the role Carson Wentz clearly played in that, I do think I am, I am leaning. And again, I, I do think that Doug's job security is still somewhat up in the air 
based on these last three games. Um, but I, I'm absolutely moving more that way. I still think Ali Roseman needs to go today. I, that is my opinion on Howie Roseman has not changed one iota. I, I feel exactly the same way about Howie Roseman. But with Doug Peterson, I really am. I'm with you. I, I'm moving more that way. Uh, but with Wentz, I want to I want to get back to Wentz quickly. Um, just with this idea of of Wentz and Philadelphia and where he's at. Dan Orlovsky, you sent me this audio, and it's really fascinating stuff. And and the way he says it, it, you don't really know if it's that he's talking to people who know Carson and they're telling him it, or if it's just kind of as a media guy, he hears things or whatever. But Dan Orlovsky went on with Pat McAfee on SiriusXM and had some strong things to say about the situation. He posited some teams that might be interesting, trade partners, the Colts, the Niners, a few others. Um, but said, quote-unquote, a lot of people think there's a built-up animosity between him and that organization mm-hmm. in Philly. A lot of people think he misses Frank Reich as a human more than just a play caller. And he also said people think Carson Wentz feels betrayed. Um, and look, all things that you and I have talked about, I mean, you have said many times that the Eagles have failed Carson Wentz, and I have too, and I can understand where this comes from. What do you think about what Orlovsky had to say, where he got it from, and what it means. So as much as I, I do hate speculating about where guys get things from, I think that, you know, we've seen all year Orvlosky. Orvlosky is certainly like a pro Wentz guy. And the, the Maybe like itself, the pro Wentz guy in the national media. Right. And say. he certainly seems to come across as someone that would be like close with people around Carson. I, I don't know. But w- what I would say is that I – I think multiple things can be true. I think one thing that is true is Carson was right to feel betrayed by the drafting of Jalen Hurts, right? I, no I think question. no matter whether 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 it was warranted, whether it ends up being a good decision, all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. He was right to feel betrayed by that. He was absolutely correct to feel betrayed by it. But I would say the other part is like, I don't know, man. Like, Carson, they've done a lot for you. Like, yes, they have failed you in certain ways, but they have also done a lot for you. They paid you coming. They paid you at the time the biggest contract they ever handed out to anybody, one of the biggest contracts in the league, coming off of a fractured back in the torn ACL. They got rid of Nick Foles, you know, in part because they wanted to make sure, like, you could be the guy. They got rid of Malcolm, in part, to make sure you could be the guy. They have literally like built the team around you. Now they've not done a good job of it, but I think they have <laughs> yeah, tried, they've done a bad right? job. Like, yes. Right. But, but but they've tried, I guess would be my argument. Like, you know, if they take Justin Jefferson, I don't think anybody's sitting here saying they failed Carson, but because the, you know, they miss on him, they take JJ Arcega Whiteside and DK ends up being better. Like now they failed at doing it, but they, they have tried. I mean, Carson, like, you know, as someone that's been in the Novacare, like Carson is all over the Novacare. I mean, the the you know, in the bubble, there's a huge picture of him above the above the practice field. Like when the players leave the uh, exit, there's a big picture of Carson and it says perseverance over it. Like they have not betrayed Carson. And I also think it's important to note they did not fire Frank Reich. Frank Reich left, right? So like this idea that Carson and the, uh, the other part of the quote is like just how close he is with Frank. And he he at one point Dan says that. The only person Carson trusts is Frank Reich. Like, you know what, Carson? Sorry, but you're not good enough to make demands anymore. Like, you really weren't that good when they they handed you the deal. Like, I thought at the time that was a mistake, but they did it. But, like, now especially, you don't get to do these things anymore. You just don't. You were the worst quarterback in the league this year. And the Eagles at this point, regardless of what has happened, it is now not in their best interest to cater to you anymore. So I, I get that why I get why he could feel betrayed, but I also think – it's now is not the time for like stories coming out about Carson's feelings being hurt because he played poorly and yeah, maybe Jalen was a part of that. And I think it, it was, but like they have done enough for you where to say that you feel betrayed. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I can get all the way there with that, even though I do see the Jalen hurts part of it. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think a lot of what you said is true. I Look, I get the betrayed part from the Hurts thing, and I, I can understand it. I, I, I think it is – I agree with your basic premise, though, that, like, at this point, like, Carson, like, just shut up. Like, I, I'm with you on that. And, like, again, this was not Carson talking for what it's worth. Right, exactly. But I think we're going to see more and more of this stuff come out, in my opinion. I agree, and I think we'll see it from the Eagles on the way out. We'll hear that he was stubborn, all the Joe Santaliquito stuff. Like, it, it'll go both ways. Like, that's what always happens. Yep. But um, – I do think it's notable, and I do think that it is interesting that that 
Orlovsky saying this stuff. I certainly think it's coming from Carson's camp in one way or another, however roundabout way it is. I, I think that somehow, some way, that is from Carson one way or another. I don't think it's coming from the Eagles. Exactly. Exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So, yeah. um, so you know, with the idea that that was put out there, or whatever it was, or they told Orlovsky, I mean, yeah, it's a little annoying because I, I agree with you in the sense that, you know, uh, first of all, what does it serve at this point? It, it only makes it even, you know, the leverage to trade him that much worse because he wants out of town and all that type of stuff. But from a, a human perspective, like, look, I get it. I do. I, I think the Eagles have failed Carson Wentz in a lot of ways. I think that, to your point, I think they did some things to try and help him, but but clearly not enough. I, I don't even think it was a question not enough that they did, whether spending money on wide receiver, they did, they did trading for DeAndre well. Hopkins, not trading for Steph yep. Diggs. I mean, there's a bunch of examples of things they could have done that absolutely would have made it easier for Carson Wentz here that they didn't do. And, and again, I do think the drafting of Jalen Hurts is such a shot across the bow. Such a... Yes. Uh, unforgivable shot at Carson from his perspective, especially after the full stuff, especially after all this played out. I get it, man. If I were Carson, I'd be annoyed too. And I, I do think your point in a holistic sense is right. Look, they gave you $128 million, bro. Like, they gave you a contract before they had to. They believed in you. They've, they've done a lot of things to support you. And you went out this season and played like the worst quarterback in football. You lose some of that right. To, to be angry, to be upset or whatever because you didn't play well. Like, that's on you. And it looks yeah. like a lot of the reason you didn't play well is is your own fault, is your mechanics, is not listening, is all this type of stuff that we are at least supposing is part of this issue. Now, again, I do think that the Eagles have failed him in a lot of ways too. So I, I understand where it's coming from. But I, I on a basic level, I, I agree with your point that, you know, you can't play the way you did this year. You can't... Um, you know, not not kind of be a, an eagle in that way. And I know he's being a good guy now with the the benching and all that. Though I guess you could argue this coming out is kind of well. What choices do you have to? Yeah, what choices do you have? I look. I think on a basic level, I, I think that what this symbol, what this symbolizes, and what I think is very clear right now and should be clear to everyone is that Carson Wentz in Philadelphia are over. Like it's done. Yeah, he's not going to be back it's in twenty twenty. Done. It's done. The yeah. Carson Wentz era in Philadelphia is over. I think they have to trade him. Like, whatever it takes to trade him. Carson Wentz can't be here as a backup next year. Jalen Hurts, assuming, you know, he doesn't look like a disaster the next three games, which I don't obviously don't think he will. Um, I think it is a, he is the starter next year, and Carson Wentz has to be gone. Like, the Cars, and, Carson Wentz era in Philadelphia is over as far as I'm concerned. It's sad. Well, it's so, a bummer, especially as someone who still believes he can be a good quarterback in the NFL. Uh, it is over as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I— I agree. Um, I, I think that, so you talked earlier about like being wrong and admitting when you were wrong. I need you to, to talk me, talk me through this. Okay. So I am starting to reconsider my stance on the Jalen Hurts pick and let me tell you why. And then tell me if like, I'm open to being swayed back. Like when they drafted Jalen Hurts, a lot of the spin that we heard was, you know, oh, well, they're going to trade him or like, oh, it's a two quarterback system or like he can be Taysom Hill. Like it's blah, all this stuff. Do you think, looking back, was it clearly just they thought Jalen Hurts was really good and they were skeptical about Carson? Look, And if, if, if that's the case, was it a good pick? No. I, I, again, I, I understand that. And it's logical and all that. I understand it. But but it's not a good pick for a number of reasons. And again, is is like you committed. To, and I understand, look, one mistake doesn't mean you just ride that mistake out or whatever. But like. You gave Carson Wentz a contract, and and with all the dead money and all the stuff, and even if you trade him and all that, like you've created a situation where if you're going to draft a rookie quarterback who's going to end up playing for you and whatnot, you've lost the whole advantage of it. The the best advantage there is in the NFL right now, the single, by far, best advantage a team can have is have a a, a good, great, whatever quarterback on a rookie deal. Like, that's the best thing yeah. a team can have. It's the number one thing. There, In fact, there's nothing even in its hemisphere. Like, it is the most valuable asset in the NFL by a mile. And Maybe in sports. Maybe in sports. 
actually, you know what? In sports, I agree with you. Definitely in sports, the most valuable asset you can have. A rookie quarterback who you can go out and win with who's on a rookie deal. Like, not rookie quarterback. A rookie deal. A quarterback on a rookie deal who can go out and win games for you. Like, that is the yep. best thing you can have in sports. And by giving the Carson the contract when he did and then drafting Hurts when they did right on the heels of it, you've killed that whole thing. Like, it's done. Like, the value of Hurts. Like, yes, now now that we're in the yeah, situation. You only get one year of it. You only get one most. year of it. Like, I, so I can't condone that. If Once you gave Carson the contract – organizationally, you made the decision to have Carson the contract. Organizationally, you, everything you do has to be about making Carson great. Like, it has to be about, like, and guess what? If you had any doubts at all, like, at all, you don't give Carson that contract. Like, again, like, yep. the, it doesn't make any sense. So I can't justify the pick. I'm happy Jalen Hurts is here. I think the best possible thing for this organization is that he turns into a great player and they can move forward with him as the quarterback and, and we move on from whence and whatever. That's right now the best case scenario. But that doesn't mean that the process that went into making that pick was the right process. And I can't condone it. Yeah, and that's like where I pull myself back onto your side because I do agree ultimately with that. Like, And this is a tough part of being a GM. Like A lot of moves Howie makes at the time we say, oh, well, that makes sense. And then they end up not working out. Yeah, and so look, I then loved like, the contract. Then, I was wrong. I loved when they signed cars and we argued about it. You were right. I was wrong. End or even story. just, but even little things, like when they signed Zach Brown, the linebacker, for a one-year deal. Everyone's like, oh, this seems like a good value signing. And then he ends up being terrible. And then that goes down as like a check against Howie. Like, well, none of his free agency signings work out, right? So I think that I agree with you. The thought process behind it was was flawed in a lot of ways. But I think there could be a world where this ends up where we look back in like five years and say the evaluation of Hertz was correct. The decision to draft him was correct, but what but the the flaw the flaw was paying Carson and that impacted the pick. Like I don't know. I'm I'm kind of lost on it. But I guess what I'm saying is if Jalen Hurts ends up being really good, then even if the process of the pick was wrong like, if we're going to use bottom line results for things that don't work out, then you also have to do it for things that do. And if they're right about Jalen Hurts, and again, it's it's only one game to kind of, you know, put a bow on this whole thing. But, like, I don't know. If they're right about him, I think you have to view the pick differently. Like, I, I think you kind of have to. Yeah, I don't. But I under I understand what you're saying. I don't, though. I, I, I get okay. it. And I, I get I'm it. more closer in your camp as well, to be honest. I've just been thinking about it more. No, this and week. look, I think it is the type of thing that you we as a collective need to think about and reassess, but I feel pretty strongly about how I feel. All right, we're going to segue, uh, talk some uh, other parts of the team because there are other parts. they got a big game coming up. But yeah. as always, let me remind you, I don't know what you're doing if you've not signed up for the Parks you know, Sportsbook app. It is the best betting app out there. Elliot and I have been having a blast all season long. You can bet on any game on the NFL slate. You can bet on college football. You can bet on basketball. You can bet on uh, in-game betting. You can bet on how many yards someone's going to throw for. Anything and everything with the Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Elliot and I will do our, have our Parks Picks pod out tomorrow. We'll talk about every single game on the slate. And look, the Philly versus Arizona one's pretty interesting is Philadelphia a six-point underdog right now and I don't know if they win or lose Elliot but a little tease for later I would bet on Philadelphia in this one I don't I think this is a closer than a six-point game we'll we'll give more on that later but again you can bet on every game I'll say Elliot his parks picks if you would listen to Elliot last week on this very podcast right here then you would have gotten Philadelphia at plus 1400 to win the division now it's like down like Less than half of that, you know. Plus three hundred. <laughs> it's plus yeah. three hundred. Think about that. If you had listened to Elliot last week, right now in this exact spot, gotten the Park Casino Sportsbook app, bet on that, you'd be feeling pretty damn good about that. And the money right line, now. and the money line the money over line. New yes. Orleans. So listen to Elliot. He'll have his Parks pick out. Do you already know it, or or should we wait? Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think Philly plus six is like that's what I'll ultimately end up picking. Um, but my favorite Parks bet this week. Kansas City minus three at New Orleans. Oh, like I, I get this one too. New Orleans is a good team. Love it, Elliot. But Taysom Hill again. Taysom yeah, Hill again. I'm on. so with you on this. I'm so with and, you. On and this. ultimately, ultimately, like maybe the maybe they the New Orleans find a ways to win the game. But Kansas City minus three. Like how many times this year are you going to get them as only three point favorites? So I think Kansas City minus three is my favorite bet of the week. I love that bet. And again, you can hear us pick every single game on the slate tomorrow but now right now download the Barcino Sportsbook app 
Here's the deal. If you sign up now, you get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Yes, $500. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Again, that's P-A-R-X-Casino.com slash PA. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on a loss as your free bet. As always, you must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. All right, Elliot. Let's let's look ahead here. Is uh, this is a big week for the Eagles with the Cardinals? Is a big game. We'll get specifically. The Eagles. Thank Cardinals. God we have an exciting uh, game. Thank God we, get, we haven't even games. talked about the games for a while. We can talk about this game. Um, I do want a uh, couple quick things before we specifically dive in. Uh, obviously we haven't talked about it all, but a couple massive injuries for this team. Rodney McLeod done for the season. That one is a. It's a crippling injury close. for the team, and also as someone, we had Rodney on the midday show for three years, like the best dude, like just one of the best guys I've met in sports, like just a wonderful guy. Obviously, had the injury a few years ago. It's just a, a real bummer. And and Elliot, I'm, I mean, like you could argue him and Brandon Graham, the defensive MVPs this season. He's been such an important part mm-hmm. of this defense. Well, and the toughest part too is I don't know who you replace him with. Like all the things you're saying is absolutely true, but the harsh part of the league is like now they have to figure out a way to replace him. And I don't know how you do it. I mean, if you lost Jalen Mills, that would, I mean, he's not as good as Rodney right now. I think Rodney's a better safety than Jalen Mills is, but like Jalen Mills, you could put Kayvon Wallace in there. Like Kayvon is built for that role, right? Like Rodney does so much, but like, I don't know who you put back there as your single high safety. If you're, if, uh, you know, the role Rodney traditionally plays, like I guess Marcus Epps, but like, I don't know what your option there is. So I think it's a, like, honestly, looking ahead to this Cardinals game, my biggest concern is the fact that Rodney's not playing. Like, that, that is the only thing kind of, like, holding me back. I think it's just – it's a huge blow. Like, he's your veteran leader back there. We've seen that, like, at times they've missed Malcolm this year and Malcolm's ability to fix stuff prior to the snap. I think not having Rodney is another blow blow to that. Um, but just that, like, they don't have anybody to back him up. And, you know, even if Avante Maddox was healthy, maybe you could put him back there and put Jalen at corner and then, like, put Kayvon at safety. Like, you could move things around. Because I thought Maddox actually played well in the year he had to, like, fill in for Rodney. But you don't even have that option now because Maddox is out this week and he's probably out versus Dallas as well. So just, I mean, just a huge blow. Like, you know, top five on the team, guys, they could least afford to lose. So there's no positive spin on this whatsoever. Yeah. And then you look at... You look at 2021, and he's under contract, so he'll be here. It's not a ton of money, but, you know, I don't know. Is he ready for week one? Like, Carson tore his ACL right around the same time Rodney did. He was ready, but, you know, he missed the first two weeks. He came back early. He plays a position where you don't have to be as quick and you don't move as much. So, you know, I it's just, just it's a huge blow. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a crippling blow for this defense. I'm so with you. And, and for me, like you said, you said it in there, and it's so true for me, my – I, I felt really good about their chances against Arizona after the game last week and just how, you know, the energy and whatnot. The Rodney McLeod injury is the single biggest factor in me not believing the Eagles are going to win this week. It is it is such a massive blow. And then, look, let's be fair, another big injury, Jack Driscoll. As much as you wouldn't think it's important, the, the difference between Jack Driscoll and Matt Pryor from what we've seen them at right tackle this season has been monumental, and, and that's another big one, Elliot. Yeah, and I think, again, like, the the same issue, and this speaks to, you know, why Howie is to blame, I think, for this team's struggles more than Doug is, but, like, and I get that they're on their, like, third or fourth backup tackle here, so it is what it is, but, like, Matt Pryor is not a good right tackle, and then the other thing is, if Matt Pryor, God forbid, goes down, or Jordan Mailata goes down, you, you're literally just down to Brett Toth at that point, and then maybe you bring up Prince Tegawanogo off the practice squad, but... They, they they are very, very thin at tackle. And the thing that sucks with Driscoll getting hurt as well is, like, Rodney, you know what he is. Like, this would have been a good chance to see Driscoll and Mylotta play together as your potential tackles. And I know Lane was going to be the tackle in 2021, but, you know, it would have been really good to get Jack Driscoll some of these snaps. And so to not get him that, it's just, you know, I think probably the biggest part of uh, why it's a big blow. Yeah, it, it's it's one of the two biggest. The, I, like, it is a big drop from him to prior, but I agree it is. It's a blow on multiple ways for the Driscoll loss. So, 
All right, uh, one last thing before we dive into to Eagles Cardinals, and I know you've got some stuff for me on Eagles Cardinals. But, yes, I'm uh, very excited. Good, I'm excited. Let's do it in one second. Quickly, Alshon, the Alshon Fogum thing, look, we don't need to rant about it. I think everyone knows how we feel. You and I would absolutely both be playing Travis Fogum over Alshon. But, it, again, Doug gets asked about this week and basically said Alshon's playing better and he's gotten healthier and he's playing better. Um, any just general thoughts on the Fulgham Alshon, Alshon thing outside of, of what we've already said? No, I mean, there's so much else going on. I can't find myself getting worked up about it as much as I used to. Like when they were losing every week and nothing inching was happening, it was very easy for me to like find the emotional energy for that. Now that they're in a playoff race, they have an exciting young quarterback. Like, I don't know. I, I get it. I'd play Fulgham, but I don't really care as much as I used to, I yeah, guess would be I, my... I still am really angry about it. It still drives me absolutely insane. Like, it is it is asinine. And and I, I, I it's the kind of thing where if, if I thought Doug were making the decision, I would get really mad at Doug. I, I absolutely don't think he is. I think it's coming from above. It is a, a dictate to play Alshon Jeffrey because he's on the books for as much. And we don't talk about how much he's on the books for next year, too. We always talk about it. I was like, oh, yeah, can you money, like, even if they it's cut It's unbelievable. Him. Yeah. Like, it's another one. Like, $10 million in dead money next year? Like, $18 million if he's on the roster? It's crazy, Elliot. It is. Well, the, and- what, what a disastrous move by Harry Roseman. Like, an all-time horrendous, disastrous move. Again, not even including the fact that he has a, a quarterback who won't be on the team next year and his contract hasn't even kicked in. The Howie Cap God thing is over, bro. It's over. Well, and the the tough thing too is like when whenever Howie was creating cap space by like doing these things, it looked good at the time. But like, what's going to happen this off season is he's going to do things like that. Like he'll like extend Brandon Graham a year, and everyone will be like, "Oh wow, look how much his cap hit lower down." But then a year from then, you know, it won't it won't look as good. But the other part of I'm the I'm hoping we've thing, learned from it. I'm hoping that when these things happen now, we won't be like, holy season. And instead we'll be like, okay, hold up, hold up. I get what that means for right now. What does it mean for 2021, 2022, 2023? Because clearly right. we, we've seen the results. Right. Well, the other part of this, and it's tied in now, Sean, is so John Clark had a report today that Deshaun Jackson is going to try to play at the end of the year. Which, whatever, I don't think Deshaun's actually going to end up playing at the end of the year, so I don't think it matters. But what's interesting in there is he says Deshaun is not going to be back next year. And he says it, like, pretty definitively. I just thought that was the noteworthy part of the awesome. report. Thank God. I've always Thank you. Leave, yeah, I agree, Deshaun. Just leave. I, Goodbye. I've See ya. Just, I, That's how I, I I agree. I would not bring back him or I'll actually. Play, I, wouldn't this, back I, I wouldn't bring back either, but I'd rather— Forgetting the money part of it, because I know it's more in that factors in. I wouldn't want more money. I would want the cheaper option. But holistically speaking, I'd rather have Alshon on the team than Deshaun at this point. Like, Deshaun's a, a hindrance. Like, just. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I'd agree with that. All right. I, I feel like Alshon is better at just being a guy than Deshaun yeah, is. Like, Deshaun won't and, be okay with just being uh, a guy. Alshon's fine just collecting a paycheck, going out, maybe getting a, one thrown his way or not. Like, it's not good, but. You know, right. I don't think I don't think he, he can be a problem. Where I think is Deshaun can be a problem. You know. Yep, I agree. All right, uh, let's uh, let's get to the Eagles Cardinals. What you got for me? So okay, so remember last week for the Saints game prior on Go Birds Radio, which by the way will be two hours this weekend. So Boom. I'm very excited. Boom. But I I wrote down like all the reasons I thought they were going to win that game, and I'll be honest, going into this, I felt way more confident about the Saints game than I do about this game. But I did a lot of research today, and I'll be I'll be honest, I did it slightly slanted in the way like I think the Eagles are going to win the game. That's ultimately my pick. I'm going to pick the Eagles to win the game. But going into it, like I was like, all right, let's see why why they could win the game. So I I don't have like a list of thought out reasons, but I have 18 random facts that I wrote about the Cardinals that I think are semi persuasive. 18? You would- did you say? So I'm basically the Ray Dinger of the Apple Mac. You are not mad. All right, but let's start firing away here then. We've got 18 to get there. Yeah, here's the best way we'll do this. Ready? So you said you think you're going to pick the you're going to pick the Cardinals. I'm I'm going to I'm picking. So I'll just make my pick right now. I'll tell you what it is. I'm picking the Eagles to cover six points is way too many. I think it's going to be a close game, but I don't think they win. I think they lose a close game. I think ultimately the deficiencies in the secondary end up being too much and they lose like a three point game. But I, I, I definitely think they'll be in it. I think it's going to be close, and I think they could win. Obviously, I'm picking them to cover. I think ultimately it'll go the wrong way. So here's what we'll do. I'll read you the stat, 
if it sways you, we can talk about it a little. If it doesn't, we can move on. Love and this. let's see if by the end you change your, you change Love your mind. Love this. All right, let's go. Fire away. All right, Fred. All right, number one. The Cardinals have lost four of their last six games and three of their last four overall. So it, it a tiny little bit, but I it, it doesn't more. It's it macro. It did, but I already knew it, and and it was mostly it, if I had not watched the Cardinals play the Giants and seen Kyler Murray look like Kyler Murray again, which he didn't yeah. for those games, it would sway me more. But having actually physically watched the Giants game and come away thinking, oh, Kyler Murray looks fine. That it doesn't sway me quite as much because I think it was a Murray related thing. All right, so there are twelve categories on Pro Football Focus. They go, they they rank teams by like run blocking, pass blocking, coverage, all this. So twelve different categories, mixture of offense and defense. The Cardinals are top ten in only one of those categories. The Eagles are top ten in two of those. Yeah, that means you know how I feel. I mean, again, just to to yeah. qualify with PFF, and I showed this to you. But, I mean, PFF had Jalen Hurts as the 25th best quarterback from this past weekend. Behind, speaking of watching that Cardinals-Giants game, as big a reason the Giants lost as anything was Daniel Jones being horrific. And I think he's still injured, and that's why. But he was a disaster out there. Like, uh, just a, you cannot win with that guy playing quarterback. And he was one spot ahead of Hurts on PFF's rankings. And I thought Hurts was awesome. So, PFF, out. Not going to swing. Nothing they say will swing. So my, my only counter to that would be, I think what it shows is that to me, the Cardinals are like good, but not great at anything. Well, I agree so with that's that. I, never, I don't, I don't right. think they're great. I think, I think Murray to Hopkins is great. All right. So the uh, last week we saw the Eagles, obviously, two 100-yard rushers. They're a very good running team now. Cardinal, the Cardinals are 30th in the NFL, according to PFF. And then if you want to ignore PFF, they're 20th in the NFL in yards per carry allowed. Okay. Don't hate that. All right. That's that. That's right. the best one yet. Okay. The Cardinals this year as a pass rush, right? They don't. They have one player that has more than five sacks, and that's Hassan Reddick, who had who got five, five sacks week, against the right? Giants. Yeah. Okay. So, so as a pass rush, they only have four players. Oh, sorry. They have no players with over five sacks. The Eagles have four players with over five sacks. So, I think the Eagles have the better pass rush than the Cardinals. Sure. Uh, a little bit. Okay, so I, I, I'm on a roll here. I feel like the last two have gotten you. <laughs> I, I, I think this is a good one. The Cardinals blitz almost 40% of the time. It's fifth most in the NFL. Last week, Hurts against the Blitz, 7 for 10 with a touchdown, 13 times he was blitzed, no sacks, no turnovers, and a passer rating of 130. Yeah, it does. I think that's a big okay. thing. I, I don't think – I think with how quick his decision-making was and his ability to obviously run, I think that blitzing him – is a risky proposition. So, yes, I think that's very fascinating. All right, so we do agree that Rodney McLeod being out is a big deal, but the Cardinals have allowed twenty over 25 points seven times this year, which is one more time than the Eagles have. So I think the Eagles have the better defense. Now, we'll see how much the loss of Rodney McLeod impacts them, and that is huge. It's huge. But I do think the Eagles and have look, the better And look, we don't defense. know about Slay, you know, no Maddox. Like, I think the Eagles' secondary could be a real issue. All right, next one. We've seen Doug's teams at their best, and this goes back to 2017, but also times in 2018, when they're able to control the clock, right? And we saw that last week against the Saints by running the ball. Cardinals are 23rd in the NFL in time of possession. They do not do a good job of controlling the ball. Like it. Yes. You like it. All right. Cardinals, number five in pass blocking. Number five overall? Like they're the fifth yeah, best pass the blocking team? Yeah, so this one's a pro Cardinals Yeah, one. no, that's interesting. That is, yeah, that that's something. Okay, I think part so, of that is also Kyler Murray, you know, saving sacks and saving situations where it could have turned, you know what I mean? So I think that's kind of a skewed stat, but I think it all works together. So I really like Kyler Murray. I agree with you. He, like, looks special, especially in that game we saw, right? But... Are we, like, maybe overrating him a little? He's 20th in passer rating. He's 19th in on target throws, which is behind Nick Foles. And he's 16th in the NFL when he has pressure in his face. So when he's pressured, he's not that good. And even overall, he's 20th. And I think that, like, if I would have asked, if you would have asked me prior to me looking that up where Kyler Murray was, I would have guessed top 10 just because I think he's that good. But, like, maybe is he somebody where when we watch him for a full game, we won't be as impressed? 
Um, well, I've watched him some full games, and, and I've been both impressed and not impressed at times. I, I think he's not a finished product. I think that, look, I think he's someone who's going to put up numbers. But, I, yeah, I think there's something to that. But I still think Kyler Murray's very good. Like, I am i don't want to take away from him. But, yeah, I don't think he's elite. I don't think Kyler Murray's a top five quarterback right now. Um, so, yeah, it depends on what people are rating him. I don't think I've overrated him. But I do think, yes, I think there are some people who have overrated him. Okay. The Cardinals. 7.2 penalties a game, most in the NFL. Yeah, sure. I think that matters. That's That feels big, right? Yeah, no question. All right. 23rd in the NFL in pass attempts. Like, they have a very good pass defense, but not a lot of people throw against them. And maybe that's because their pass defense is good. I don't know. But I, I do think, like, their pass defense is very rarely tested. So I'm not as convinced that, like, their pass defense – is is so good considering where yeah, well, it might I mean, be a situation were... where teams just know they can run on them and thus you know what i mean like for sure yeah all right have mid mid well not midpoint because we're almost done but have i swayed you yet like are you getting close um like a little bit i i'm i'm inching i'm inching i mean i'm already close like again i, I do think it's a close game and i think the eagles can absolutely win so it's not like you know I, you've not pushed me to the eagles winning the game quite yet Okay. The Cardinals are 16th in the league in third down defense. The Eagles are ninth. So the Eagles have the better third down defense, which we all know is absolutely crucial when it comes to these games. Yeah. Again, I, I do think the the stats, the, the first part of the stat sways me more than the second. I really, I don't know what suppositions we can make about the Eagles defense prior to this game without Rodney McLeod, potentially without Slay, without Maddox. Like, I don't, the the Eagles defense is this stats don't matter for me this week because I think the Eagles defense is severely hamstrung and they're not the same unit that put up those stats. All right. So the Cardinals this year, they've faced, in my opinion, three quarterbacks that I would consider mobile. But before let me before I start this, let me ask, would you consider Teddy Bridgewater like a mobile no, quarterback? I would not. Like no, you would not. No. Okay. I didn't either, but I thought he was on the fence. So they've faced three this year, one of them twice, because they've played Russell Wilson twice. Josh Allen, Cam Newton, and Russell Wilson. All would you agree they're all in the same vein of Jalen Hurts in terms of their mobility? Yeah, I mean Hurts is faster than any of them, but yes. Okay, so they're the the Cardinals against those quarterbacks are one in three, and they're giving up almost thirty points per game Ooh. against the only mobile quarterbacks they face this year. Elliot, best one yet. That, so and for what it's worth, since I got li- you going, little juice there, little juice right there. If you want to include Teddy, they're one and four. Just putting that out there. Interesting. I don't, right. but I, at least he's a little mobile. But yeah, he's not like killing you with his legs. But um, I like that one. That's a really interesting one. Okay. And one of so, their, their yep. only win was that 37 to 34 win over Seattle. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. So this one is not really swing either way, but I just thought it was interesting. Like, if you stop DeAndre Hopkins, you stop the Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins has six games this year with 100-plus yards. They're 5-1 and one in those games. Wow. So of their, what, total six or seven wins they have, five of them have been when DeAndre wow. Hopkins is dominated. That's a really so, interesting stat. It makes sense. Uh, look, where are we at with Slay? Like, if Darius – I know he's a concussion protocol. We don't know. If Darius Slay plays, like, my, my pick could be decided by whether Darius Slay plays. Like, that's how close I think this game is and how – so how nervous I am about the secondary, just having Slay on Hopkins. And look, that doesn't mean he's going to be shut down. We've seen that, that the true greats can get over on Darius Slay. But even that little bit of help against Hopkins compared to not having Slay, I think could determine the game legitimately. Yeah. Well, my only concern with Slay, and the top concern is his overall health. But I, but I do think the fact that this is his second concussion this year just makes me feel like he won't play. But I don't know. But I agree. Like, having... Having Slay is huge because if you don't have him, you don't have Maddox. Like, I mean, you're without you know, three of your four starting start, yeah, members. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard. You know, that's that's tough. And the 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 like two the two best, like the two guys you count on the most in Slay and yeah. And, and but so Robin. that's going to put pressure on the defensive line to to get to get to no get to Kyler Murray, who we've seen is not good with the uh, with the rush. So all right, the Cardinals in November and December of the last two seasons. So this November, this December, and then also. You know, the last ones from 2019. Four and nine. They do not win late in the season. Yeah, that, like one, when that they... one doesn't matter to me. Again, it's like Kingsbury's only yeah, been the coach I, for I one year. Kyler's only been... Well, Kyler's only been there for one year. Like, it's a completely different team. Like, well, it's, I, all, it's all we have to go off of, but yeah, it's It doesn't matter, but I'm telling you, that's the, that stat does zero for me. Nothing. Like, less okay. than zero. So, I think we would all agree 
that it's a tougher game in Arizona than it would be here. No would question. you agree with that? Yes, just travel alone. Okay. The Cardinals at home. They're two five and one last year at home, and they're three and three this year at home. They're five eight and one overall at home under Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Not what I would have expected. I would have thought they'd be a much better home team than they are an away team. So I thought that so was again, persuasive for me. It, see again, I, I last year they were a bad football team. They were four nine and one or whatever four ten or whatever be four. Oh well, they're Le- three and three at home this year. Right, that's fine. Three and three is fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with three and three. Like, yeah, but that's not like a, that's not. Like a, I never. Oh, you, I like wouldn't. But again, they're Arizona. seven and six. Like, so basically, they're they're the same team at home on the road. Like, I don't know. That one doesn't do a ton. Like, it's sure, it's good. I'm happy they're not a home juggernaut, but it, that one doesn't sway me that much. I didn't. I didn't think like the home field this year for for this year home field advantage really hasn't made a big difference. We talked about that on our pick spot a bunch. So like. I'm not going to be swayed too much by home field or not. I think the the biggest thing that home field does is the Eagles have to get on a plane to Arizona, and I think that is a slight impingement for the team, if anything. All right. The last one I have is, like, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is great. Kyler Murray is super exciting. Cliff Kingbury can be creative, all those things. Cardinals are 19th in passing yards. Like, they, they're not a dominant passing team, even with DeAndre Hopkins getting all those yards. No, but, so, the, but, but Kyler Murray runs, too. Like, it's like the same no, thing we no, just I'm talked just about, about Hurts. But we said we're worried about the secondary, right? Like, sure, they, they're nineteenth in the league in passing yards. Yeah, that it doesn't do that much for me. I think that's part of their offense. But um, I look, you make a very compelling case. There's some things in there that that really do kind of push me a little more that way, and and a lot that doesn't. Um, I still think the Cardinals are going to win. I I hope I'm wrong, but I I still I still am taking the Cardinals. So give me your reason as to why is it is it McLeod? Yeah, it it's the Eagles sack. It's the Eagles defense. Like again, I I think that the biggest advantage they would have had going into this is a better defense. And I look, I think Doug over Cliff Kingsbury is a massive advantage. I think he's a I better coach. I yeah. think Kingsbury is a bad NFL coach personally. Um, but I I really again I I think it's just one of those things where you've just lost too many guys. Like it's. That secondary is three-fourths of the guys down. Losing Jack Driscoll. I mean, going from Jack Driscoll to Matt Pryor, we cannot underrate that. Matt Pryor is a disaster. Like, he is a horrible, horrible, horrible tackle. Like, I just think that they're – I think that, first and foremost, I think Arizona is a better roster. I think they're a better team across the board. And I, I think that in this situation, going up against Kyler, I, I, I just think he's going to put it up on us. Like, I think they're going to score on us, and I think the Eagles will keep up. I think Jalen Hurts can have a good game. I just think in the end it's just not going to be enough. Again, like, I'm not I'm not saying this definitively. The Eagles absolutely could win this game. I'm picking them to cover. I think it's a three-point game, so they could absolutely win. One thing goes this way, one thing goes that way. I just, if I had to bet my life on this game, which is normally the the, the standard we make for that type of thing, like, if I had to bet my life on it, I would pick the Cardinals. Well, the good news, Eagles fans, is that if James had to bet his life last week, he'd be dead. Yeah, and, so, and look, Elliot, and look, and regardless, Elliot's been way more on picking the Eagles this season. So, like, listen to what he says anyway. I don't. So, what I say doesn't matter. I'm usually wrong about the Eagles. And obviously, it'd be devastating news if James was dead. I'm kidding in that regard. <laughs> but here's why the Eagles are going to win this game. Tell me, but they have, the be- they have the better head coach. I think they have the better defense, even with McLeod being out. I think the Cardinals' pass rush is a bit of a mirage. I think the Eagles' offensive line, first of all, they didn't allow a sack last week against what we would both agree is a better defensive front. And I know that now you don't have Driscoll, but not having Driscoll is not swaying my pick for this game. As bad as Matt Pryor is, they're not going to lose the game because of Matt Pryor. Like, I trust Jeff Stoutland to have this offensive line ready to go. I think Jalen Hurts, we'll see what he is week to week but i think he's he's going to be better than carson was still and ultimately what it comes down to is the eagles win these type of games like doug wins these type of games i trust doug peterson to win this game i do not yet trust cliff kingsbury and kyler murray to win like a game they have to have late in the season i think the eagles are hot right now coming off that win i'm using some of the momentum of past times with backups but you know what like that logic was good enough for them to win last week i think that a mobile Jalen Hurts will be better as a passer this week against a secondary I think they can throw the ball against. And I think they find a way to win this game. And I actually would say this. If it's close, I don't think they – like. I, I think if they lose, it won't be close. I think if they lose, this will be one of those things where like right off the bat, it's clear that they are not going to win. Like The defense struggles, Jalen doesn't look good. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to come out. I think they're going to play well. I think they're going to win the game, and I think they're going to get over 30 points. I'm going to pick them 31 to 24. Oh, I love it. 
I love it. Look, you've there been, it is. You've been dead on. I'm, 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 I'm not ain't questioning I'm not you. Against him until they lose. I well, good. Look, if they win this week, I'm picking them to win out. I, I definitely am with you on that. Like, if they can win this one, I think they win out. And then I think well, the that means they're is, probably going they to the playoffs. Do you what? Do, do they want you to pick them at that point? Though? Well, no. Uh, trust me, I, I've learned my lesson. I well, look, I, <laughs> I, I know that's I, I know what I'm doing here, Elliot. Trust me, I'm on it. I'm on it. I got it. Don't worry. Like I said, Cardinals are winning. You know, we're there. It is what it is. There it is. It's gonna be there tough. It is. I hope I don't have to, you know, actually pick Dallas to win. That sounds horrible. <laughs> well, let's let's just talk about this for a second. I think that Washington is going to lose to Seattle. I do too. If they, that, it looks like they won't have Alex Smith. If that happens and the Eagles win, like they're going we're to the now, playoffs. They're going to the playoffs. Well, not only that, you're going into Dallas. Like, what an exciting week that'll be. Oh, so. Amazing. Like who who did thunk it, Elliot? Uh, two weeks ago. Well, who did Elliot. thunk it? Oh, yeah, two almost. You didn't think it was gonna be this. <laughs> all right. Um, no, seriously. Like, look, you've been you've been on point with it. So if you say they're gonna win this week, I will I will trust you on it. I will trust you Appreciate on it. Appreciate it. Um, all right, you got any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I mean, we talked about the snow and my fear of my house collapsing. So I feel like that's the thing that's been fine. <laughs> yeah, that could, it was most. just the I've, first thought instead of the final thought. I've had a treadmill now for a week and the house still hasn't collapsed. So that's also reassuring. That's a beautiful thing, Alex. Um, hmm. I mean, I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies. I watched The Holiday. It was very good. There was this movie on Netflix called Cal- uh, Chris- A California Christmas, which was very corny, but I still enjoyed it. So... I don't know. I mean, my life is really, like we I said, We've both been treadmill, watching The Flight Attendant for those looking for a TV show on oh, HBO yes. Max with Kelly the Cuoco finale, tonight. Finale's out today. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's super entertaining. You know, it's, I think it's a very oh, good show. I would show. highly recommend Yeah, me yeah. too. Me too. Uh, and I recommend, do you watch The Happiest Season yet? I did. We talked about this. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Thought yeah. It was... Like an 8.5, you said, or something. Yeah, I think I Which said 7.5. Which I think is fair. But... Yeah, I don't think yeah, it's the it best fine. ever, but it's I... entertaining. I wish the guy from Schitt's Creek was in it more. Yes. I feel like Dan I was Levy. sold, not by you, but I was viewing it as a Schitt's Creek holiday Christmas, and well, it was it much more that. of like a yeah. Kristen Stewart movie. Yeah, yeah. well, clearly, so, yes. So that was on you more but, than anyone else. Yeah, it was on me, but it's still <laughs> still how I felt leaving it. Like, hey, very right. early on in the movie, I was like, this is not what I expected. Yeah, well, if anyone has any great uh, recommendations for the Christmas season for Elliot or me, please let us know. We're, we're always happy to yes, take Yes, uh, I love a good Christmas movie, we know so you please do. do. We know you do. It's your thing. Um, and uh, we will be back tomorrow. Our picks pod will go through every single game on the slate. And then, of course, Saturday, a full two hours on WIP as we'll dive into some more Eagles Cardinals and, and dive into that game in depth. It's good, Elliot. It's just fun that we can actually talk about a football game and not all the other stuff. It's exciting. It's a good thing. Absolutely. And good thing. Like I said, they're going to win. So it'll be exciting uh, to talk about it next week. You heard it here first. All right. Uh, again, pick spot tomorrow, Saturday, WIP. And of course, Sunday night, we will recap a Eagles win over the Cardinals. He's Elliot. I'm James. Talk to you guys soon.